Long Life Health presents the Talk Thought Podcast. This podcast is now sponsored by The Only Kitchen. The Only Kitchen is a locally based meal prep company in Surrey and Sussex. Their goal is to offer you a service second to none for those that are serious about consistent nutrition, without cutting corners or compromising on the quality of food. They cook, prepare and deliver your selected meals for the week with an assortment of packages to suit your budget and set menus to choose from. Anything that comes out of The Only Kitchen is formulated by their professional chef. Everything that's challenging about maintaining a healthy, exciting, nutritional lifestyle, they take care of for you. All that's left for you to do is eat the food. Now, for me, this is a great idea because I see so many people fall short of the goals they set out to achieve. Whether you're trying to build muscle, lose fat, sort your energy levels out, just generally eat healthier. Most people underestimate the workload it takes for you to be consistent when, you know, Cooking, cleaning, prepping, shopping, thinking about it, what you're going to make, when you're going to have it, do you have the time to make that? You end up falling short and having to go for obviously terrible options that are often locally to you, like either fast food or bad stuff in supermarkets. The best alternative thing to do is outsource it to a company that's going to offer you something not just equally as good as you could do, but better. With really good ingredients, you don't have to think about it, you don't have to shop and really good put-together food from a professional chef. So if you are interested and it sounds like something you want to do, visit facebook.com forward slash The Only Kitchen or alternatively go to instagram.com forward slash The Only Kitchen or go to both. Keep up to date on the social media pages to find out about their latest deals and giveaways. Now let's crack on with the episode. I've spoke about mental health in general over the past obviously mental health being a component of my philosophy the um of course the health side but depression in general is obviously the the worst sort of worst one of the worst case scenarios of uh, a state of suffering in mental health just like in physical health it may be um a a physically ridden disease like maybe um ms or something some sort of self-deteriorating disease, but depression is a lot harder to see and is often often overlooked. And obviously, with the, it's becoming more, hopefully it is anyway, it's becoming more understood and more talked about. But I don't think there's any harm in the repetition of the idea and learning to understand what it actually is. And of course, with the recent death of Linkin Park lead singer Chester Bennington, like, I was told mainly via a friend who I'm hoping to have on as a guest as well. We have a lot of interesting conversations, um, which would, I think would make for interesting listening for others. But he was telling me there was a lot of comments saying that it's selfish. It's selfish on his behalf because, of course, obviously, yeah, other people around him then has to suffer. It may have been an easy route out for him. Whatever perspective you have of that, if you think it's selfish, 
ask yourself what it actually is. For someone to end their life and completely rid their existence, then think what that person must have been going through. And for you to think that's selfish, again, I posted the other day, that's selfish on your behalf. You're only thinking about your well-being because it affects you, maybe your well-being or the other, even the people say something close to you has committed suicide and you think it's selfish. That's selfish on your behalf because you're focusing on your feelings, not considering what they feel. And you, you never really understand the root cause of why someone may do it because um, it seemingly just comes out the blue. Depression, my thoughts on depression and suicide is obviously suicide seems like a rational thought to someone suffering with severe depression. Like, So I don't want to be here and experiencing these negative feelings of everything. I need to get out. There's a way to... There's nothing that's helping me here. Nothing I'm doing. Nothing I'm taking. No one I'm surrounded by is having an impact or benefiting my depression. At the end of the day, I still feel this way. So suicide is an escape route. You know, maybe some people, the more I learn about spirituality and stuff about death, it sort of, in fact, brings, gives me more comfort personally about death. Maybe someone that has committed suicide before had no understanding of death and had complete fear, but wanted to take that risk to not suffer or experience the suffering they were having whilst being alive. Or maybe they thought, there's a much better place for me to be. And they took their life. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, something's causing them to feel that way. And suicide is something that's becoming more and more common within culture and society. And the way I tend to look at anything, again, if you read any of my articles, if you listen to me in general, you understand I try and get to the root cause of a problem. And any feeling, whether it's absolute ecstasy or complete, deep, dark depression, you're forced to feel like that way because a load of contributing factors. Now, I mention this a lot, and if you're dealing with depression or you're feeling low or whatever, <clears throat> then there's good cause to go and see someone about that, and that someone is often a doctor. But the point here is you're going to see someone to make things better. Unfortunately, the way they tend to deal with it, that the systemic solution for depression, it's almost sickening when you look at what they're actually doing. Whether it's maliciously or not, what's happening is sickening because you're giving someone a false sense of hope <coughs> that, <coughs> excuse me, that taking medication or doing something like that is the the answer. And if someone in a in a place of desperation is going to take some medication to help better themselves, then they're, they're, they're thinking, oh, that's a solution, that's a potential solution, I can take this, that's going to cure what's really causing me to feel this way. When really, it's a distraction. Now, I've mentioned before, it's not always like medication is a bad thing. Because to get to the root of an issue, even if you look at it on a literal sense, if you're digging and you're trying to find the root of a plant or a tree, sometimes you need to dig and it takes time. 
And then when you find that root, you realise that root's massive. Then it takes time to chop out and cut out and pull out. That time, sometimes you can't afford to waste that time. And you need some sort of immediate relief from the suffering through medication. So therefore, medication isn't always the worst thing. Like, obviously, it's subjective. I'm not, I'm not totally clued up on how many medications there are there and what the side effects of all. But say you get one that does just relieve suffering and has minimal side effects. Then that's surely a good thing if it puts you in a better frame of mind to start dealing with the root. But to feel like that is the root and that is the answer is, obviously, you understand a root gets bigger and it, it gets deeper the longer you leave it. Obviously, the older a tree is, you'll notice some roots can go up to miles. Whereas a little thing, you, put, you can pull it out, you can pull out a weed and you can see all the roots. Like, they can be less than an, in, an inch. If it's something you're distracting yourself from for years then that root's only going to get bigger and the effect of what you're doing is only only going to become less effective. So then pills and medications and, and tablets you may be taking are only going to distract you for so long. Now back to the person in a sense of desperation trying to solve an issue. If they're taking these things, then they feel better. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen someone that was feeling down, feeling depressed, he was open to me about it. This was some years ago. And he said, no, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to take some medication. And I said, well, if you think that's the best thing to do, but I think it's important, even years ago, before I've got a stronger understanding of what I do now. Long story short, he come in the next day as a completely different person. He come in almost like he was high, like a smile on his face, like, whoa, man, like, I feel good. Like Something in them tablets had caused a uh, chemical response in his body possibly you know reduce the uh, hormone that makes you feel stressed up the hormone that makes you feel good so it's a full sense of happiness to rely on that and think that's the answer like because obviously people stay on it for years say you take i have not like this is no accurate measurement of dosage but say you take five milligrams that soon then has to be increased to 10 to 15, to 20, to 25, and then that 25, you can't take no more, otherwise you risk overdose or you risk severe side effects. What happens when you reach that? However long that took, maybe maybe several years. What happens when you reach that? What happens when you've done an extensive amount of damage to your hormones, naturally? What happens when you've supplemented happiness for so long? What happens when you try and get that naturally? It's a lot more difficult. Momentarily at the time, it may have served a purpose and it can serve as purpose. And it's, you know, that's why there's a place for it. But to re- rely on that as a systemic root dealing solution <clears throat> isn't the best way to go. Now that person could think, oh, this is the answer. Like, out of naivety, out of lack of understanding, out of lack of ed- education could think, I'm going to take these. These are the answer. When they come to realise, once they've maxed out their dose and they still feel that way, think what that might do to a person's head. That person may be going, well, I'm doing everything I can, like, and I'm still feeling this way. When they're given lack of options, 
you know, I, it seems irrational for anyone not experiencing it, completely irrational. But a rational idea may come into their head, you know, suicide. Suicide is one way I can get out of this. And all it takes is, again, one impulsive moment to end that person, despite all the help they may have had outside of medication. They may still be feeling that way. So, it's sort of like, um, it's a constant state, state of sleep. The only relief they might get is the moments they're able to sleep and they might understand, do you know what, I need, to, I need to go, I need to be out of here, I need to experience something else. Again, what your ideas of death are could play a factor, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact someone escaping their reality. So the reality is an issue. So what's leading to that? Well, what makes people feel... What makes people feel good is feeling valued in society, is feeling um, loved, cared about, feeling wanted, feeling important, feeling good, feeling stuff that makes them feel happy. So movement, exercise, good food, um you know, uh, good energy around them. So there's there's all the things that we want in life, you know, sunshine, good weather, all of these things. I'm not going to go into detail about how much of an impact they do have, <clears throat> but your environment, and obviously if you understand what my concept of environment is and your surroundings, that's everything from people to money to objects in your house and the what you do for a job, etc. everywhere you're spending your time. All of that can have an impact on making you feel good, but it can also have an impact on making you feel bad. Um, so when we live in a culture and a society that promotes really out-of-reach, false senses of reality, so in terms of magazines and book covers, um, not so much book covers, but magazines and Instagram models, we might not feel good on a physical level. We might go, oh, I'm insufficient. I'm never going to look that skinny. That obviously causes mental health problems in itself. But that might be one thing that's making you feel bad. On top of everything else, look at the news. Everything about the news, I'd say 90% of it at least, is negative. Negative information portrayed to you through the media that totally promotes and gets people's attention to focus on all the negative things. I mean, just relate that to your life and a scale in a day. Like, you can have a bad day if you focus about all the bad shit that's happening, but that, that day can rapidly change when you learn to appreciate what you do have and you think about all the good things you have. All of a sudden, your bad day is turned into, oh, that bad day is only a feeling I'm having temporarily or feeling bad. That can then quickly change to feeling good. Think on a daily basis, multiple times a day. If you listen to the news, you listen to the radio, you read the papers, you read all this bullshit. What that does on a subconscious level, that on top of what I just mentioned. And then more things, terrible sources of food, malnutrition, things that actually affect the hormones and chemicals on your body, which is ultimately what you're feeling is just a representation of chemistry within your body. You know, you can change, you could, there's certain things you can do to secrete adrenaline, 
in your body, which is a something that's really only there to help you survive. So adrenaline's there to help you fight something or run away from something. Now, if you're getting adrenaline walking into a room full of innocent people because you've got social anxiety, there's a fault there that's happening and that's stimulating a chemical response to make you feel that way. Fear. Now, those faults can then make you feel absolutely terrible in terms of depression. If you're having consistent faults and negative spiraling faults of issues that might not even exist. So it's bad thinking that can lead to one feeling a certain way. Think of that bad thinking surrounded by all of the things I've just mentioned. So the news, people, food, um, full sense of value. So you have to look this way to feel important. And then also money, so currency, social currency. You need this amount of money, you're poor, you're this. All these ideas that our current Western culture promotes leads to people, whether they realise it or not, and I think not realising it, well, even realising it and even being aware, those that are really intelligent enough to realise it, still find it hard to escape the problems. And it's often the people, actually, that are aware of it all that suffer. But that doesn't mean the people that are unaware of what's causing them to feel that way are going to suffer any less or any worse. But it's important to know something is making you feel that way. And our culture definitely doesn't promote. Now, imagine swap all of them things around. Surround yourself with people that there's there's little things I'm starting to do now. Uh, I'm starting to see now that are shifting because again it's becoming it is it is shifting gradually and people are getting better attitudes about it. But people not wearing so much makeup and going oh that phenomenal ten out of ten looking a female or possibly male I can see what they actually look like in real life now. That's not that far from me. They don't look nearly as great. Oh, I've been focused on a full sense of reality. Look at someone that's not shooting for a magazine cover. They don't look as ripped as they do all year round. And if they do, <clears throat> well, that's a choice and they're making on a separate, on a, it's a completely separate topic, but I think that's an imbalance. I think that's a mental issue if you're <clears throat> trying to chase that um, unrealistic idea of a body. But either way, like I see another thing the other day, that um, some sort of modelling agency for something has stopped the photoshopping of stretch marks. So any imperfections of a body, any imperfections, it's literally the word, any imperfections, which is what make us people. We aren't perfect. We've got to find the perfection in the imperfections. We've got to learn to love that. But this idea of perfection is promoted. And we are attracted to it because on a primitive sense in nature, if someone actually looked like that way, we'd think, wow, that's phenomenal. But no one actually does. It's unrealistic. So when you get um, modelling agencies, whoever, wherever I saw this, not uh, photoshopping out stretch marks and imperfections, that encourages people to go, oh, I am okay. So that's already... Balancing out the idea of I'm not as good as I want to. It's already supporting the idea of making you feel normal. 
chasing you and pushing you in directions to get them things that do make you feel good. I feel normal. I feel part of a group. Social media is another one. Social media is addictive because, again, if you look on it on a scientific and primitive sense, we're getting little minor dopamine and endorphin rushes from likes and approval because on a social level, we want to feel liked and loved and approved of. And we want other people to think, I'm having fun, I'm doing this, even if it's that idea to convince yourself. But anyone in a social, just to generalise, anyone on social media, post whether... That's all platforms, any platform, Snapchat, Instagram, um, uh, even Tinder, whatever. Any sort of social media, any social interaction online, people are posting only the best experiences of their life. And how, how long was that experience? A few hours maybe? Maybe a moment. Maybe just a single day. But what happens in and out of that person's life? And if you're constantly flicking through social media... And only, because what I'm saying is people are only going to post the positive stuff, surely. Surely, yeah, there's negative posts out there. Oh, my life's in bits, or all this, and um, or other people that are opening up, my life's not that good. You know, when people are moaning about irrational things, like, oh, can't believe my shoes didn't come. What a bunch of arseholes. Shit is delivery. Or people that are obviously generally opening up about depression and stuff. But generally... It's people posting uh, photos of themselves, looking good, having a good time, sharing the moments they want other people to see. And when you flick through that on a daily basis, God knows how many times, depends how addicted you are, which is which it is an addiction. Just like any substance is an addiction, you're addicted to a feeling. You're addicted to feeling that way from through drugs or alcohol. Um, you're addicted to removing yourself from the reality of feeling shit, whatever it is. But a like, a comment, um, positive feedback, um, you know, followers, they all make you feel a certain way. They, they portray, again, it's a false sense of reality. When we're chasing that, through social media, obviously we put good stuff up. But when you see that throughout a day, it depends how addicted you are, and you're looking through other people's feeds and everyone's having a good time. Say you're not having a good time at that moment, it can make you feel even worse. Like, oh, I'm left out. I'm not having a good time as everyone else, but the reality is, those people seemingly having the time of their fucking lives out in, oh, wherever you are, I beef at some festival, come home and experience a different reality. How often, how, you know, how long till you see a next post from that person? So you're not thinking about the ins and outs of everyone experiencing that. But we're all, we all are so guilty of falling into the traps that our culture and society promotes. The point is, it does make you feel the accumulation of it. I try and simplify it. On, if, I, if I look at one person on an individual basis and they come to me, Charlie, I'm not feeling good because my energy's low. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling a bit depressed. I'm a bit overweight. Whatever their issues are. Whatever their issues are. The easiest way for me to solve that problem for them or at least point them in the right direction so ultimately they have to solve it themselves. We have to solve our own problems. But help and advice and guidance and templates are all necessary because you're getting perspectives you can't, you struggle to achieve yourself. I would say down and I would sit down with a person and say, right, talk me through a typical day. 
and the depth that I look at everything on, I would look at absolutely everything that's causing someone to behave a certain way, feel a certain way, and be a certain way, be the person they currently are in a state of suffering. Now, if you look at that, it's basically what you're doing, how you're experiencing life, time, how you're experiencing life, and for how long, how often, how frequently. How often of a day are you exercising and surrounded by good people, good advice, you don't need to go on social media. You're in a job that you do like. You're in a job that does promote um, a healthy lifestyle rather than a stagnant lifestyle of sitting in a booth with no natural sunlight, etc., etc. Take every aspect of a person's day. Now, just one day can make you feel a bit shit. If you've had a bad day, we've all experienced it. Imagine that day repeated over and over and over and over again for years. Ultimately, it's going to lead to a state of se- severe depression and sometimes you can be manic depressive which is a state this might not be completely accurate I think it's a medical term um, but my idea of the word manic depressive is you seemingly do loads of stuff that everyone else is doing you seemingly function you go to work and all this stuff that portrays the illusion you'll find but deep down you might not even understand it yourself you are depressed you're doing this out of a state of poor mental health. This is why I said, even if you're going to the gym and you look like a chiseled body and you're trying to keep that chiseled body year round, that might not be the best representation of your mental health, which is ultimately your health in general. You may look like you're a, a Greek god, but what's going on inside? And I think it's important to you know, s- separate the two and understand if you can have a bad day because you've experienced some things in one day, even the things you might not be aware of yet, think of the impact it has ultimately. And then if you continue, but it's time again, it's routine and time. These all these words I use, patterns. If you're repeating that pattern day in, day out, making subtle changes maybe, but not enough, and the bulk of it is you're still in the same environment doing the same things over and over again, surrounded by the same negative information on the news, surrounded by the full sense of reality on your uh, your social media, surrounded by the full sense of reality on TV programs, then you're going to be a representation of that environment and of that routine. And medication would only distract you and make things worse because it seemingly, it numbs. So if you've got a bad back, for example... You don't really want to be doing any motion or any movement that uh, therefore makes that back worse. But if you take painkillers, seemingly you can move and move around and do all this stuff. But what you're actually doing is you're distracting yourself from the pain, not feeling the pain, but you're making your back ten times worse. So if you're going along life seemingly thinking you're right, getting things done, I feel better because of the medication. It's only a certain point that you hit before you go, fuck. And it overwhelms you. That might be one night on your own. And you decide, I've had enough. And your best way to, your best exit strategy is to end your life. And if you've seen, you know, the Chester Bennington footage of him mentioning, open, openly talking about things he had a tough time with life. These are all signs and signals that he, like, he's got everything you could possibly, from an outside point of view, possibly want. What a phenomenal moving voice. What an f- absolutely terrific singer. And fucking great band. Fucking hundreds of thousands of fans. Absolutely loving. You know, 
his music and appreciating. But on a deeper level, something's not quite right. That hasn't answered the problems. There's deeper problems. He's not getting to the root of it. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not personally commenting on his... I wouldn't dare comment on anyone's situation and try and understand or justify why they do things. I'm trying to point out behaviour, culture and society and routines and patterns that lead you to feel certain ways, indefinitely lead you to feel certain ways, but will ultimately lead someone to do something. We won't know the exact reasons and we won't ever be able to experience exactly what they were feeling. So we won't know. But I think it's important to understand and I think it's important to shift away from medication is the answer with everything. Again, you could, you could, and I could right now go into the details of look at the root causes and reasons as why they've given medication. Medication then therefore forces them to come back and become a patient. They don't want to get rid of people and cure people because ultimately the pharmaceutical companies do bring in a lot of money, almost trillions, if not trillions. They bring in that much money. And again, would you really want to, uh, anyone that has money want to want to sacrifice money for the sake of actually curing people no and the pressure the way again it's like a machine the system is like a machine if you're in a system where you're forced to see someone within a 10 minute window get in get out 10 minutes to try and figure out what's going on if i really wanted to help someone i would sit with them and get them to explain me a day that might take a couple of hours but then to actually, for me to actually help them with an impact, I would, in an ideal situation, pull them out of their environment, go somewhere, like out completely out of, maybe even abroad to a different country, like a, re- a retreat sort of thing, and live with them for possibly a month. That's what I would do. But the system is offering, you know, 10, 15 minute windows in, out the pressure of the system, the lack of staff. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Forces them to act and behave in a certain way. Well, take this, come back, tell me how you feel. Oh, it's wearing off? Okay, take this stronger stuff. Next, next, next. Oh, I'm exhausted now. I can't really be bothered with this because of the workload that I'm having to deal with. They're individuals as well. It's all bouncing off each other, leading to negative effects and, you know, the state we're currently in. I think it's important to understand. And I'll finish on this. If you are someone that does suffer with suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts and depression, think about what I've just said. Apply that information to your own life just to think and reflect on. Meshes me if you want to. Again, I, I try and do everything I can in my power. I go through these ups and downs just like everyone else. But I try and do everything in my power to help other people. Which then if in turn helps me feel good about myself. I wouldn't say I've been in like deep dark corners of suicidal thoughts or nothing like that, but it's a battle. It's a battle to constantly, especially the situation I'm in now, and it's all, it's all, it's just a page. I just see it as a page in my life right now because there's stuff I can't control, which I will be able to control in the future. I'm not gonna go into about in, into it about me if you are suffering with it, look at it like that. And if you are someone on medication, don't don't get yourself down. That, oh, my lead. No, you're on it. That's where you are. Accept that. But try, and now you're on it, try 
and look at the root cause, find out what that is, chip away at it and transition it. It may take years. However long it takes, try and enjoy the process of it. Absolutely enjoy the rewards you get from small things like, like exercise and eating better and sleeping better. The small things. And then put the work in on the subtleties and removing and becoming more aware of the things that you might not have previously known about that are making you feel depressed and suicidal. But if you are, this is this is what I will finish on. If you are someone that's in a state of suicide and thinking about like ending their lives, the way you know, I think I've not stayed in states like that, frame of minds like that. But they've entered my head. They're passing thoughts, just like many things. And what I always come to the conclusion of is, I felt that way then, then I felt all right for a good while. So, what I'm saying is, you are a feeling of, again, the chemistry that's going on inside your body, which is massively affected by everything around you and everything you put in you and on you and absolutely everything. Nothing's a better representation of how quickly we can change as people. Our moods can change. And this is going to slightly change the mood. It's been quite a... Because it is a sensitive, serious topic. But now I'm going to talk about wanking. The male orgasm is the perfect example. I use this all the time. It's the perfect example of how quickly our emotions and feelings change. And what I mean by that is prior in the peak of um, sexual arousal as a male you may be thinking well I'm not fucking not to get too graphic you may be thinking I'm going to go another fucking eight times here I'm fucking on fire I feel top of the world I fucking feel really fucking in the mood and as soon as that moment happens and you do climax you like in, in, a, in a matter of seconds you shift into a state of Oh, fuck that. Your, your mind's completely the opposite to what you was previously thinking. Now, why is that relevant in this case? Well, that's a perfect example to show you how quickly things can turn around. And as much as you may be feeling suicidal and that fault, and even if it's happen, happening frequently, with the right stimulus, the right routines, behavior and stuff, you can also dramatically change yourself into understanding you can feel better and be better. And it's just an idea of something. As much as it feels real, and it is real, it's also only as real as the idea of it. And if you understand the idea of it can be changed through perspective, different routines, behaviours, etc., etc., you can understand it's something that you can look back on and be in a complete, be different, more happier state of life. That's about it. Again... And all episodes, I encourage people to reach out to me. Go to longlifehealth.net. Go to reach out and get in contact with me any way you can. If this is touch time, touch base with you. I think bravado is a big thing that we have. Even as you know, men and women, we have this bravado. We can't look weak. We don't want to look vulnerable, again, because of human nature. None of us want to look weak and vulnerable. That lets us down when we're not willing to open up talk about certain things so if you are feeling that way 
you know, you might go, well, f- what are you talking about that? No, I don't feel like that way. You're, you're almost in denial, again, because of an ego problem. You don't want to identify yourself as weak. But the reality, reality of it is you are feeling that way. Then, you know, open up, even to yourself. Start to do something about it. Get to the bottom of it. But it's important to do that, just like anything. Like, why would you ignore a broken leg? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to carry on walking on this broken leg. No, just because it's less obvious and it is easier to hide doesn't mean you should. So, guys, long life health, reach out. I talk about in previous episodes, it would have been one of the episodes that I mentioned mental health, but this is solely focusing on suicide and depressive thoughts. Um, Let me know if you have any feedback. Hopefully this does, you know, shed some light for some people and encourages other people to start maybe making subtle changes or stuff they didn't realise before. But if you're looking for places where to start, go to my article where I talk about your surroundings and start there. Look at some of the things I define as surroundings that are having an impact on you. Remove the stuff that's making you feel bad. Some of the stuff I mentioned in this episode and then start adding stuff that makes you feel good. Exercise, good food, good sleep, good people. Thanks.